You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this special episode of Disability After Dark. It is another episode of the special series that I do within the show where I talk about disability and the pandemic. That's right. You're listening to episode number 26 of the show. You never know when it's appearing here, Quarantine and Chill, where I talk to disabled thought leaders and disabled people about their experiences throughout the pandemic. So, let's get comfy, cozy, crippled, and quarantined, and get this quarantine and chill started. Today, I sit down with my new friend, Crystal. We've been trying to do this interview for Quarantine and Chill for literally, probably almost two two years. We've been trying to do this since 2020, and we finally got to sit down, but because of disability and stuff, it took us a long time. But I talk with Crystal today about her experiences as somebody with multiple disabilities. She has Sjogren's, she has lupus, she has a whole host of a fun grab bag of disabilities. And we talk about how her disabilities have been impacted during the pandemic. We talk about people using hydrochloroquine, which is a drug that she actually needs for lupus, and people taking that drug away from her because they thought it would cure COVID. We talk about loneliness and disability during the pandemic. We talk about so many different things here, just about how how lupus is similar to COVID and, and some of the things that she's experienced as a lupus person could affect somebody who gets COVID. And just again, we explore the ableism that she has experienced during the pandemic and how she wishes that people would listen to disabled people and so much more. So I really, really hope you enjoy this episode of Quarantine and Chill, where we talk about um, disability during the pandemic and you really enjoy the interview with my new friend, Crystal. Right now on Quarantine and Chill, episode 26. Crystalline, hello. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on this very special episode of Disability After Dark. You're in a quarantine and chill. Hello. Hello. Hello from quarantine. We have been planning to, we we were planning to do this back in almost, was it 2020 when we started talking about this? It was 2020, like maybe spring or summer. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, and then disability for both of us got in the way, and then mm-hmm. here we are talking about disability in the pandemic, so I want to just dive right in, but but can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience, tell us who you are, what you do? Yeah, um, so I'm Crystalline, and I'm um, a therapist, and I live with several autoimmune illnesses, so I have uh, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's. Uh, celiac, Raynaud's, it just, they like to bring all their friends. And so it's like, once you get it's one, like a grab bag of disability, <laughs> it's like, what, what's going to act up today? <laughs> um, but my main, my main ones are like lupus and RA that kind of slow me down on the day to day. Um, but I, uh, live in the U S um, live in the West coast and, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. Tell me a little now, tell me now you have a grab bag of disabilities. Like you said, like a fun tree bag of disabilities to contend with. Um, can you tell me 
how your disabilities, like both without the pandemic and then with the pandemic, how do your disabilities play a role? Let's let's just let's do before the pandemic. George is in life. How do they, how do your disabilities play a role in your day to day? Yeah. Um, so I got sick in my late twenties and I'm in my thirties now. So I, um, you know, deal with joint pain, deal with fatigue, rashes, um, dry skin, dry eyes, um, migraines. I've got some neurological stuff going on too. Um, I actually recently had, (laughs) I'm laughing. It's not funny. I had a small, it's like technically brain surgery, but not brain surgery. So, um, that's just like where it's at right now. It's kind of like, it's kind of cool that you can like giggle about it. You're like, oh yeah, I just brain surgery. It's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Um, so sorry, I'm kind of jumbling around in my timeline too. But before the pandemic, I had a lot of mobility challenges. Um, I would use a cane, sometimes two canes, a rollator walker. Um, and, you know, the, what I loved about the devices is that they did give me that extra mobility to expand like how far I could walk or, you know, my ability to get to work. Um, during the pandemic, I think it has actually helped my disabilities and my body healing. Um, because you because, don't have to go around so much, hey? Exactly. I'm not using spoons um, like to commute to work. I'm not, um, you know, just pushing that walker and hoping that my legs can follow behind. It's it's much easier on my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So during the pandemic and then, you know, have um, being immune compromised and especially, uh, having lupus and taking hydroxychloroquine, uh, during the time in the States, I'm not sure how it was up in Canada or other parts of the world, but that drug was in short supply and we had to kind of justify like, no, I've (laughs) yeah, because your ridiculous, uh, Cheeto in chief was saying that that was a cure for COVID, which we all know it wasn't like what a ridiculous person. I know. I know. It really is. Like, it's just, you know, at first when I heard the news, I mean, to be honest, I am totally not a supporter of him, but when I heard that, I was like, is it like, could this be a benefit of having lupus and all these illnesses just because I was so hopeful, right. That I could be safe and protected, especially before we had the vaccine. But of course, you know, listening to the research, listening to the doctors and the scientists and seeing how it was impacting me and my friends with not having access to this medication, which is actually life-saving medication. We take it, it's called our lupus life insurance policy, right? So it prevents lupus in most cases from going deeper into our organs, which is where we get into that real danger. And all of these like right-wing Trumpers were, were like going, were basically, they were, they were putting your life in danger. Exactly. Much like today. So honestly, Andrew, I would say <laughs> not much has changed between when we first uh, connected and then between now, it, it feels so much the same, just some different layers of it. And, and, you know, we've been going through so like disabled people have been going through so much during the pandemic. Um, let's just talk worst case scenarios for a minute. Cause I think people need to understand the, the kind of what we've all been going through and especially you as somebody with multiple disabilities who needed this medication if you couldn't get it what would what would happen to you do you think yeah i mean that medication was so important to me that was the first uh like immune modulating medication that i went on when i was diagnosed Um, my first diagnosis was sjogren's actually so it um it has helped my fatigue it has helped my joint pain it has helped my rashes it has helped, I believe, uh, for myself to have a mo- relatively low disease activity. Mine tends to go more like neurological nerve pain, um, and like right. joint pain. So yeah. I've been so fortunate to have it. It honestly, with all the stress, 
maybe it could have caused lupus to go into my organs or for maybe a flare up to be so bad that I have to go back on prednisone, which is very dangerous to be on steroids during the pandemic. Why is that? Um, steroids, I think they like between, uh, prednisone and other steroids, as well as infusions like rituxan, as I understand it, those were the ones that increased the risk the most, um, to folks with immune compromise, because it wiped out your immune system, like any protections that you could have. So it kind of got like a cold, you were, it was over. Exactly. And that's the case already, right. For folks who are immune compromised and, yeah. um, because even a cold can take us out, a flu can take us out. Yeah. And so definitely COVID, I mean, I've known people with lupus who have passed and it, it's honestly scary. It's really scary for me to talk about or even think about. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for, for talking about it because it isn't an easy conversation to have. And I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you want to talk about it because it is something I think everyone needs to remember. I think we've re- re- we're reaching this point in the pandemic, you know, in 2022, where we're like, you know, our politicians are saying stuff like, we're done with the pandemic. Let's just wash our hands of it. It's over now. We all, we as immune compromised and chronically ill and disabled people know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And they know that our lives are being put at risk. We know this. What would you say to people who are like, oh, I'm just done? Oh, it's so hard. Honestly, it hurts my heart as a human being because I feel like fundamental beyond any politics, beyond any, you know, um, and there's so many thoughts I have about it, but it's like, you know, give a damn about your fellow human, be a yeah. person, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's so basic. It's, it just comes down to that extending that kindness, that empathy. And I see it as, you know, cause I think about it, there was a time before I got sick, right. Where maybe I had a normal immune system. I don't know. Right. Um, but it's what like, even is a normal immune system? Like, I don't oh, know. Right, what, right. I mean, yeah. What is it? <laughs> totally. But maybe I would have been, you know, feeling a little more um, secure in the pandemic, but I feel like I definitely would have kept wearing my mask to show love and respect to others. That's I mean, that's I the thing I think people forget. It's mm-hmm. not, it isn't even so much that like, I don't like wearing the mask. I fucking hate it. But I also mm-hmm. recognize now three years into this thing, it isn't about whether I like it or not. It's a sign of respect. And exactly. I'm showing you that I care about you because I'm choosing to wear a mask. And I'm choosing to show you that even though I don't have to wear a mask, and I do because I'm also like immune compromised and I have disability, so I have to anyway. But if I mm-hmm. even if I didn't, I'm I am showing you that I care about you, and I think people forget that part. Exactly, it's so fundamental, right? And then I think there's also, and I've I thought this since the beginning of the pandemic when um I, I guess. Uh, uh, non-disabled people, right? They would be saying, oh, it's like the flu or, oh, maybe I'll just get it. So I get herd immunity or maybe, and just a caution about not to be so cavalier, right? We've learned that you never know folks can pass away. Yeah. Long COVID is a thing, which long COVID to me sounds a lot like lupus. Like it's a lot of similar symptoms Yeah. and other autoimmunes as well. So it's kind of like, hmm, okay, I see you being all reckless out there, but I, trust me from the other side, you really don't want to end up with something yeah, like what I have. Wanna, like this yeah. is not fun. Can you, can you so. just describe a little bit like a little bit more of like, just so that people understand if long COVID and lupus are similar in your eyes, what is what are some of the symptoms of that you live with daily that people wouldn't want to deal with? Yeah, I mean, definitely fatigue. It's crushing. Like I, 
I've been actually really happy that we can talk today and that I've been doing pretty good this week. I think it's because I've been able to be home um, on medical leave as I recover from my surgery and I'm actually able to rest. Um, but it's a fatigue that is not relieved by sleep, right? So you can be in bed all day, multiple days, all weekend. Um, you can be, you know, taking as good of care of yourself as possible. Like all those things they say, like, oh, drink water, eat healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's crushing. It's, it's like being, um, hit by a truck. Right. And then hair loss. Oh my gosh. Like, luckily my hair has been growing back during the pandemic, but I lost a lot of my hair in 2019, 2020 due to lupus. And I also saw, you know, celebrities like Alyssa Milano who lost her hair. She was brushing it out and clumps were coming out. And I'm like, I know that experience. Right. Yeah. Um, the stuff about cardiac risk and heart disease and strokes, so many young, um, people with lupus have been having strokes, right? So there's, um, so many autoimmunes are similar. It's kind of more like overlapping or like a watercolor than, um, you know, distinct conditions in a way. And, but those I think are the main ones that the risk to your organs and the risk to just your day-to-day well-being and your functioning brain fog my friends have been talking about brain fog and I'm like, yep, I know about that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> That's been me from the beginning. Like I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you say to, if you could sit down with a right wing Trumper right now or a right wing person who was like, listen, I don't believe in this stuff. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go do what I want. Other than getting mad at them being like, fuck you for being like a ridiculous person. If you could look at them and show them some empathy and be like, I want you to understand this. What would you say? Okay. So this might be a little controversial. I'm ready to go. um, I feel like people who have that attitude and have had that attitude from the beginning, right? Like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm not afraid. They're the most afraid of all. And they have to make a big deal of showing you that they're not afraid. So they're like, I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm going to go to Hawaii five times during a pandemic. I'm going to do, you know, whatever I'm going to eat in a restaurant. I'm going to, who knows what, right? Yeah. So I would just sit down with them and say, you know, what are you really afraid of? What's beneath this? And try to, you know, in my, (laughs) not that I can do therapy on them, but, but just sit with them and say, you know, how do you, you know, why do you feel that way? Do you know anyone who's at greater risk? Have you ever had a time where you were afraid for your health or safety? Um, it's a weird thing to me. It's just so weird that it has gotten so political. Right. But I think it all, like you said, it all comes down to empathy. And so maybe sharing, like I've read, um, that, um, for example, with the issue of like reproductive choice or LGBTQ identity, which I'm also by bisexual. And so that is something that is a part of my identity as well is that part of that is like showing that representation and having that conversation with the person so that they can see and meet you and think, oh, maybe you're not that horrible person that I've been hearing about in the news or the radio or, you know, at the the dinner table or whatever, right? So kind of showing who I am, who my friends are, um, breaking down some of those stereotypes and misconceptions, but also I, I just suspect there's really a deeper fear there that they're not willing to acknowledge. I would just, I would ask them, I would say, you know, are, are you afraid of dying? Are you that, are you so mm-hmm. scared of your own death that you're being like, that's what I think it is. You're mm-hmm. so afraid to die and you're so afraid to let go of this world mm-hmm. that you're doing something reckless. Cause you're like that way, that way I'm in control of this and I'm in control and whatever happens. That's what it feels like. And mm-hmm. I just want to sit with them and be like, guess what? All of your, all of the disabled people that you're, you're unintentionally hurting by doing this thing 
are also afraid of them to die. Like we don't right? want to die either. Yeah. Like, I think I think if we, I think you're right. I think if we sat down with those people as hard as it is to see them at protests and to see them doing awful things, if we could sit with them and just be like, guess what? We're afraid of the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Let's all wear our masks so we don't have to be afraid of that anymore. Exactly, exactly. And let's, you know, come together. Like, not, <laughs> I don't know, it's a little cheesier, maybe Pollyanna, but I just, I, I would think sometimes these crises have a chance to, to bring us together across um, our country, across the world, between countries. I, you know, I saw, um, with the Tongan underwater tsunami um, volcano, right? The world yeah. is so connected. It is so, we are so connected to each other. We are so much closer than we think. And so it just, it astounds me, right? For folks who don't have that mindset where they're thinking maybe, oh, my family and I will be fine. I don't care about yeah. anyone outside of my household. How lonely, how sad. Yeah, how upsetting is it that you don't even give a shit about someone else? Mm-hmm. like what about your neighbor that could die could get it and die what about yeah. that really nice disabled person down the street who you maybe see every day you telling me you don't care about them wow okay like all right um I think it, it's just it's really shameful that we've reached a point like remember two years ago when this thing started mm-hmm. for the first like three weeks the whole world was like yeah we're gonna stay home yeah. <laughs> like I kind of love that because I was like, that's the kind of unity that we need now. We need that again. We need like some big celebrities to remind us to stay home Mm -hmm. and to like do fundraisers from Zoom and be like, look, like we need that again. I think we've lost that that over the way because COVID got so politicized. Um, I miss that. Like, I remember when the pandemic first started watching like Jimmy Fallon from his house or watching like, you know, big, big celebrities doing that kind of stuff. And we need that again to remind us. But I think also we need disabled people to continue to say like, no, you shouldn't open up the workplace. No, you shouldn't drop the mask mandates. You shouldn't take away the vaccine passports. Like they're doing that here in Toronto. They're they're As of March 1st, I think they're looking to like in Ontario to remove all the vaccine passports, all the mask mandates. And I, as a disabled person, I'm like, I'm never going to get my mask up. I'll wear it for the, to the end of time. That's what I have to do. Like, same. this isn't safe. Same, same. I will wear my mask. Like, I wear, uh, like, an N95 with, like, a Vogue mask over it. And sometimes, like, even, you know, sometimes when I go to the doctor, they give me another surgical mask. I'm wearing, like, three masks. <laughs> and just, I'm just, just like. I mean, it's, a, it's a, the right thing to do. And I would, like, mm-hmm. I, and it's been so surprising to me the, the past few weeks on instagram i've been saying like don't i've been telling everybody like please wear your fucking mask Mm -hmm. like please don't let us die and i'll have i'll have like little kids who have been indoctrinated by their parents like 13 year olds get an instagram account and come on and say well masks are stupid and i'm like first of all how did you get on here right you're too little like (laughs) i don't want to fight with you thirdly you're a child like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's going on so like it's so scary how this mindset has now trickled down from adults to like the next generation of like we don't care this virus is gonna hurt all of us but I'm 13 so I can say whatever I want like wow yeah it, it, and I think you're exactly right is that they're they're um, repeating what their parents are saying right and yeah that's, that's it's like I, man I'm not a parent right so it's with what I say with a grain of salt right um 
but I know that my sister has small kids and she has been, um, you know, letting her eldest now go back to school. Um, but you know, wearing a mask and, um, her little one who was born, uh, just before the pandemic. And now she's had another baby since then. It's like that little, um, two, three-year-old, she's been wearing a mask. Right. And she knows that it's to keep herself and her uh, people around her safe to keep her yeah. auntie safe. Um, and you know, it's, again, it's such such an opportunity to build empathy and care in in the younger generation like what what is this being missed right what i think like makes me concerned for the next generation for all of us with this pandemic and we've heard this in the news almost every day this is a mass disabling event like yes it is a mass disabling event which means that people who are not disabled today will be disabled tomorrow Mm -hmm. and i say welcome them with open arms hello to the club your disability handbook will be in the mail but like because of that we're gonna have to change our mindset and our infrastructure and all the things that we take for granted now we're gonna have to change all that because we need to we're gonna have to make things way more accessible than they are exactly how do you you as a as an already immunocompromised and disabled person feel about that yeah, and I just want to go back to your earlier point too about you know listening to disabled people. We knew from yeah. the beginning, okay, hey, this is how you sanitize stuff. This is how you wear a mask. This is how this is all gonna go, right? This is how long, like, not not that we can know exactly how long we're gonna be in it, but we knew we we're gonna be in it for a while. Yeah, and so the non-disabled people actually had a lot to learn from us as the the experts with lived yeah. experience, right? So yeah. like pushing for. Um, it, but the question is, right, were we listened to? Were we even included in those national discussions no, we were. or international? We're, not, we're still not included. We're mm-hmm. it's still, I see it every day on my social media. Somebody being like, I don't want to die. And me also being like, yo, I don't want to die from the pandemic. Can you wear a mask, please? Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, please, I see like- constantly. And it's like, when are you going to realize that we're the ones that can guide you through this? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And so just like you said, welcoming them with open arms, like I've seen, um, you know, folks with autoimmune illness and disabled folks speaking to the long haulers and saying, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about how how you because it's also like, how do you talk to your doctor about the weird symptoms that you're having where it's like this weird puzzle where nothing quite fits you might your doctor probably doesn't know either because he's a doctor and he's going to run out of the room and be like, oh, well, I'll go to this specialist. Bye. Like they're not going to know. Or worse, where they're like, oh my gosh, like you're a hypochondriac or you have, uh, what do they call it these days? Uh, in the olden days, hysteria, right? You've got conversion disorder. You need to see yeah, a psychiatrist. Yeah. Like all of this, like, how do you navigate that? And then how do you, um, how do you cope with the day-to-day symptoms? How do you cope with brain fog? Okay, we know all about that. And then with accessibility, that was something, oh my gosh, I, I feel like not that I'm saying I'm happy about the pandemic. I was happy to see all of the accessibility change in the beginning to where there were virtual events. I could go to things without having to travel. I could, um, you know, connect with new friends all over the world. There was this sense, you know, working from home. There was a sense of unity that we didn't have before. And then we were like, oh, finally the playing field we leveled. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I went to go, I went to a Kylie Minogue concert online. And I, you know, she obviously had pre-taped it, whatever. It wasn't live, mm-hmm. but who cares? The whole world yeah. was watching the same thing. And I was like, this is really awesome. I know. And like, I remember thinking, I never want to go to a real concert again. I want to see it from my computer because whatever. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now seeing that like 
all of that's being taken away again. And we warned them. We said, please don't take this away from us. Mm-hmm. We need this. Like, do, do you feel, do, are you afraid that they're going to take more away? How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, real talk, I'm terrified because this is, you know, being able to do like virtual visits with your doctor being, that is so much easier on your body. That is so much easier, especially if you have to travel a long way. Um, and in the workplace, like I think about, okay, being able to work from home, which is such a privilege and something I, I, um, am thankful for every single day that I'm working that could be taken away. There, there was a time where they were actually before the Omicron resurgence where they were saying, okay, we're going to have some mandatory in-person meetings. And I'm like, but, but no, is that that truly needed? Because that could be very dangerous. You definitely, for me, like literally telling them I could die. If I get COVID, I could die. And so just making them see the gravity of the situation that this is yeah. not just because I want to, I don't know, work from evade home work my, right, like, or be in my PJs or eat, I don't know, hot chocolate all day or whatever. Like this is literally I mean, life and death. Who doesn't want to eat hot chocolate all day? Of course I do. <laughs> I do. Like, of course. <laughs> you need money to pay for that hot chocolate. So obviously you exactly. want to yeah. work. Um, exactly. I just, I, it boggles my mind that we're still here, that we're it still does. in the same place that we were almost three years ago. Right, right. Doesn't it just feel like Groundhog Day all over again? But I think I have a counter on my phone of how long I've been in quarantine, which is like... Oh my so God, can you... Can <laughs> let you me get, check I wanna, it. I want to see what it is. What is it? Because I've been hardcore staying home since that March 13th of 2020 when um, the healthy people were getting scared. So I have been social distancing for 707 days. And the only exceptions are I go to doctor's appointments, I go to the post office, and I see my family. Uh, And I see two friends who have lupus separately, one and one outside. So I'm like... (sighs) I mean, in a way I've kind of adjusted to it. I was doing better. I think 2022 has been hard for me so far, and particularly lonely, um, especially as I've seen folks returning, you know, to quote unquote normal or basically just being in denial. It's, it's hard. It's hard to see that. And it's freaking terrifying that they're lifting mask mandates because now one-way masking is not a thing. It does not, it is not as effective as everyone masking. And so I can wear my three masks and I can put a face shield and I don't know, do I get an astronaut suit? Like, what do I need to do to stay (laughs) safe? Because I will, I mean, it just, it just feels like the world is now getting even more closed off and inaccessible to us disabled folks than it was before. And that it that that is it is the hardest part one mm-hmm. thing that i want that i would love for you to talk more about because i think it's important and i have felt it too and i'm feeling it today even as we record this mm-hmm. like what do you what is the loneliness feel like for you and and like what does that feel like can you describe that for us absolutely oh my gosh it is just that crushing feeling in your heart it's it's akin to grief for me because I feel it physically. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my eyes. Like I could cry at any moment. I feel it aching in my arms. Like I want to give everyone I've ever met a hug, (laughs) the nice people, you know, where I just, I, I want to have, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, right. But I'm just like, I want to have everyone over. I want to watch movies. I want to like have sleepovers. What I just, it's like that girl from mean girls. Like, I just want to bake a cake for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, um, it, it hurts and it, um, 
that is the part where mentally and emotionally I'm struggling, even as my physical health is getting better, better to a point, right? I'm always going to have these autoimmunes. Um, my mental and emotional health, I really feel it taking a huge dip in 2022. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I'm the same way. Like I'm doing all the right things. I'm seeing people occasionally. I get tested like all the time. Mm-hmm. I even recently bought myself a like a box of 20 rapid tests because I couldn't find any. They were giving them out free in our community, but they they those have gotten snapped up real fast. So I went and I bought a case of 20 because I was like, well, just in case I need them, at least I'll have it there. Um, exactly. But you know, the loneliness, not being able to see friends, not being able to have, for me, it's not being able to have a sexual relationship. Like I, I've had a little bit in the, mm-hmm. in like the last six months, I've started seeing sex workers again, where we both feel safe. And as long as we're back, it's like, it's good, but mm-hmm. still not having that. Like, so not getting into too much detail, but can you tell me what, what it's like to like, not have touch for that time? Does, is that something you experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll speak, you know, long-term over the pandemic. So um, I was in a long-term relationship that ended in 2019 and then like a short relationship after that. And then I think I went on a date on like Valentine's Day, 2020. Uh, We clicked. I thought we really hit it off. And then when the pandemic started, we had like a virtual date, but you know, then the person never really called or texted back or, you know, kind of lost touch. Right. And it's also, there was so much in the beginning where it was like, people were like, oh, well, let's just go outside. Let's go for a hike. Let's go. And for me having lupus and having arthritis going for a hike, I can't really do that. And, um, (laughs) and especially in the sun, like I have to wear a hat. I have to wear long sleeves. I look like, um, what are those, the wild thornberries? Like I look, you know, and so it's just, and then what I'm going to have to be apart from them and we can never actually touch because if they get me sick, if they bring me COVID again, right. I like, I could die. The possibility of, of death is like there. Yeah. So this has been really challenging for me. And um, I think the whole, most of 2020, the only time I had physical touch was when I would go because my doctor's appointments were virtual, but I still had to get blood work and labs every three months. So I would go in, you know, see the person who draws the blood, they might touch my arm. And that was the only touch I was getting for most of 2020. Wow. I mean, that's bleak, right? That fucking yeah, sucks. That's, it's, it's really like, it's medicalizing you as a disabled person, but also you can't, you just can't hug somebody like that's, that's hard. Yeah. And so I, um, I don't know if it was early 2021. I, I lose track of time in the pandemic. I don't know when things happen. I mean, or... what even days is, what even days is it right now? Like, who knows? Who, <laughs> who even knows? knows? <laughs> so I'll tell you a knock, knock joke. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who cares? <laughs> it's an owl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I told it in the right order, but I always think of that where it's like, knock, knock, who cares? Who knows who, you know, but it's like, um, it's at some point, I think it was before I had access to the vaccine because I know healthcare workers got it. First line responders got it, but again, disabled people were not prioritized and I don't know how that was in Canada, but they weren't, we had to fight in my community. We had to really, we got prioritized, but that's only because we were like, yo, this is a like take care of this. If we had to stay quiet, we would be down on the list. Exactly. And, and we kept um, getting bumped off like here in the States too. And 
it's just like, well, wait, we've been, okay, y'all have taken our medications. You have left us out of public conversation. We have not been included in the publicly spoken about risk factors, right? So again, that invisibility, do you even know we exist? Yeah. Even though we're like 25% of the population, I believe. Probably more. Realistically, we're like 55. We're right up there. Yeah, we're a big deal. Like we are a big deal. And so um, there was some point where it was before I was vaccinated and I was so lonely and hurt and sad and just grieving. And I went over to my parents' house. Luckily I could meet, you know, hang out with them outside. And I said, Hey, if you guys put on a mask, I'll give you a hug because I need a hug. And there was nothing like, I will probably never forget for the rest of my life, what that hug felt like with my mom after one year or one year and a half with no touch. Yeah. That I remember when I first hugged my mom after like, we finally could see each other my birthday, I don't know if I mentioned this on a corny show before, I can't remember, but for my birthday in 2020, we couldn't see each other. And so last year we could a little bit and it was just like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. but not seeing people for, and I remember 2020 Christmas, we couldn't see each other. Like it was mm-hmm. so weird. Um, it was. Yeah. And my, um, my mom actually got really sick uh, like um, some kind of respiratory or flu something in December of 2019. Yeah. And so we didn't even have Christmas in 2019. We, oh, no. in, I know. Right. And then in 2020, we did like um, door deliveries of like food and gifts and cause we're all local. We all live close to each other. Yeah. Which is so lucky. Um, and, and then like 2021, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't think we had Christmas. I don't know. 2022, who knows? Right. It's like, so uh, touch in terms of other, I think I've hugged friends, um, but I haven't dated. I've, for a, a few reasons, I was really, and I'll talk about this because this is also like a, a super real experience, especially. Um, so I was in that relationship around the time where I was, where my illnesses were progressing and I was getting yeah. more because at the time I just had like celiac and Sjogren's, which for folks who don't know, celiac um, is where you can't eat gluten, right? So it, or wheat. So it affects, you know, dates, people go to dinner, go to lunch. And my boyfriend yeah. at the time, like he was so sweet. He was so good to me in the beginning. He would call the restaurant ahead of time and see, Hey, is there something gluten-free that my girlfriend can eat? And, um, and he was so supportive. Like he would rub my hands when my arthritis was acting up, but when I, and he was okay with the cane. I mean, but when I had to go on medical leave, I think there's still that fear. And I don't, I don't think it's, it's not accurate. It's definitely not realistic, but there's this fear of like, oh no, I don't think I can deal with this. And I don't think, uh, he, I'm just going to tell you, he went to, uh, South America. He went to South America when I was on medical leave. Oh no. And he just just left you. Like he's not even from there. He just decided to have a vacation. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you know, like no plan. I'm going to tell like all his business because I, he deserves it. But like, it was, you know, he had no plan to come see me when he came back. And he basically said, I just knew that you couldn't have come with me on a trip. You wouldn't have enjoyed it. And then that's it. Wow. Um, we'll stay single forever because I know, right? Guys are the worst. <laughs> I know. Like, and it was so, it was just such a 180 because I had honestly thought, okay, this is it, right? Like I've been through so much crap in my 20s, so many shitty relationships and so much bullshit. And all exactly. you want, like, but this shows again the ableism I think we mm-hmm. experience, especially at a time when like 
you as a multiply disabled, multiply chronically ill person needed touch, needed yeah. that affection, needed somebody there. He was just like, oh, bye. Good luck to you. Whatever. Like that. I, I hate that for you. I hate it. So I, I honestly, my heart is still so scarred and broken. And um, so even though I tried to date someone that summer, I just, <laughs> my heart was not in it either. And then of course not. he broke up with me when I started using a walker. So I'm just like, okay, fuck all y'all. I look cute with my purple cane and my fancy like floral print on my walker that I totally I mean, jacked it up. Like, did you name your walker? What's, what's their name? Oh my gosh. Okay. I did not, but I feel like we should come up with a name. I don't, she's in the closet right now, but <laughs> I mean, part of me wants to do something about Christopher Walken, Christopher, Christopher, like Christopher Walker and walk or like Wendy Walkers. And I don't know. Yeah. I also think about like Rosie from the Jetsons, especially because she's decorated with flowers. Oh yeah. So maybe like Rosie Walker. Rosie. Walkerson. I mean, Rosie Walker is pretty good. Yeah. Like Rosie, because I mean, I, again, like it gave me so much freedom. It gave me so much mobility back. It gave me the confidence to like go places. And then the pandemic hit, right? So go figure. But uh, I'm, yeah, I was so dating. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm scarred and I'm, I'm taking a break and it, and I wonder if I'll ever, I wonder if I'll ever be able to, you know, safely leave my house without fear of catching COVID or be unmasked with someone or kiss someone again. Like that is, I'm just like. I can't conceptualize that this is, that this is it. I'm like, is, I'm just, what? This is how it is now? Yeah, it's it's a hard one to try to navigate that um, for sure. And I, I remember when I first got to see my sex worker again after we hadn't seen each other for almost two years, I cried. Yeah. Came here and we hung out and I was supposed to be all sexy and cool, but I was like, mm-hmm. I just, I cried. I like was tearing yeah. up because I was like, you're someone that I care about so much and I haven't seen you in two years and we did the right thing. And now you're here and I get to like, it was really emotional. So when you do get to do it again with whoever it is, hopefully someone who's not a douchebag, exactly. uh, I'm excited for you to experience all those emotions because I think they're important. Me like, too. I think the disability grief that disabled people have been experiencing throughout this pandemic, mm-hmm. it's valuable to talk about. And I think you not being able to kiss somebody or hug somebody or... Yeah. Like that's hard, and I definitely. I hope for you that dating is a thing you get to do again, and I hope you dive headfirst in anyway. Even though if they're douchebags, they always will be. But like maybe you can, you can keep going. I hope for you. Yes, I definitely will, and I know I know that it will happen. I know that there will be like love in my future and dating. And I'm gonna tell you a funny story because it just popped back in my memory. So I told you the only place I go is like doctor's appointments and the post office. Right? Yeah. So I had um, hip surgery last, what summer was it? I'm like, was it 2020? It was, was it 2021? I, don't I think know. it was 2021 because we were gonna okay. do, we were talking about doing it. And then you were like, yes, yeah, I can't have surgery. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you for keeping better track of time than I can. For my- what is time again? Who even knows? <laughs> so um, uh, the not the surgeon, but the physician assistant was so attractive and handsome and kind. And he would come in and um, ask me, oh, I saw you're having a lupus flare. How are you doing? And he was just so sincere and like always making really intense eye contact. And I thought I was getting a vibe from him. So actually when I stopped, um, when I graduated from recovery of hip surgery or whatever, um, I sent him a thank you card and I put my number in it. 
and he never called or texted. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, probably, probably because he was like, I would, but it probably crosses some sort of professional boundaries. He was probably like, yeah, I can't. I know. I know. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this just goes to show like how, uh, like a, I thought about a sick girl Hallmark movie, right? Where you like hit on your doctor after your surgery and you're like, okay, let's take this hip for a ride. But you can't really do that. Like you can't really do that, right? But in your in your in your movie fantasy, oh shoot, I need to get my book. Because Andrew, a few months ago, another episode, you were talking about like disability TV and media ideas yeah, and like that's movies. Right, it was. Yeah. And I need to find my book. I am gonna go find that. But do it. Um, it's like my friend and I, we were coming up with ideas for like uh like sick girl dates or really anyone like you know ideas of like a sexy good time when you're disabled and like uh some examples would be like being like oh baby like don't don't you want to come in for a drink and then just asking them to open all the jars in your house that you have been struggling <laughs> to open um, I, would, I would watch that sitcom I would watch that show sure yeah and then like another one is like um hey, I know this super swanky place. They have the best food, luxurious accommodations, beautiful, whatever. And it's because you need a ride to the ER. And so you're having them take you to the hospital. And then you're like, thank you so much. Okay, I'll call you. <laughs> like, Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think we do need more sick girl stories. So I think we need, like, I think the idea of hitting on your physician assistant is kind of hot. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we need stories that show that because- for you being so sick constantly like where are you getting this 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 other like this need that we have to be connected yeah. so i think sick girl stories from hallmark and so like that could be really valuable i agree it would be it would just be so much fun like i think those were the main two ideas and then let's see trying to say oh yeah big spender at the pharmacy do you want to go to the pharmacy because you know i don't know how it is in canada but in the US, you uh, have to meet all these deductibles with your insurance and your out-of-pocket maximum. But once you reach your out-of-pocket, like what you're paying out of your own pocket, everything else is free. So if oh, nice. I call that like sick girl Christmas, it's like, ooh, I can get all my medications. Let me schedule some more procedures that I've been needing <laughs> to get. Like no more co-pays, baller. Like it's just, it's wild. It's really wild. But like, you just have to, I found that, I have to have my sense of humor. I have to have my dark sense of humor in particular. Like I, yeah, I just, I have to. And um, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought, but. <laughs> tell me, tell me some of your like dark sense of humor during the pandemic that like, what uh, is some like funny moments that it, because you're a disabled person during the pandemic, like what makes yeah. you laugh? I know, of course my, my brain is escaping me at the moment. And I, I, um, I don't know. Let me think. It's like, yeah, just the basically at any time being like, you know, I could die or, oh, no big deal. It's just brain surgery. Right. (laughs) Like when I'm going out on medical leave or like, I'm, I'm also in this, this is bad. This probably is a disservice to me, but I'm very, um, very much like a minimizer when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I will tell my, my students, my clients, like, oh, I'm just having a minor surgery. No big deal. I'll be gone for six weeks. It's just my brain. (laughs) It's cool. It's all right. No problem. And like, oh, I just had hip surgery in my thirties. Like so cool. Um, 
I can't think of any dark humor, but I'll definitely message it to you if I yeah yeah. But I, I like the I like like I I fully understand the minimizing thing. I do it too. Like oh yeah, I'm just you know, it's just this. I'm just doing a thing. It's all right. Like, um, what has been the best part of the pandemic for you as a disabled person? If there if there is one, like what is what's the what is like your favorite part of the pandemic? Okay, so I've actually been saying in 2020 and in 2021 that like I've been living my best life in quarantine because I've been able to do things around my apartment, like um, get things set up the way I want them to. I also adopted two uh, pandemic kittens. Um, oh, cool. I think I just saw one in your hallway there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then one's right behind me. Um, she's looking out the window. This is Tammy. And oh, cute. <laughs> They are actually both disabled as well. Cami has one eye. She um, lost her other eye to an infection and Charlie has a heart murmur. So we have a lot of just like, you know, we just, we hang out in quarantine. Like, so not that I want to make a sex joke, but here we are. You're going to, you have two crippled pussies then. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Amazing. Two, yes. Amazing. Amazing. That's, I'm, I'm oh my that's, but that's awesome that like all of you are disabled together during the pandemic yeah yeah so there's a lot of just and we all stay inside like they're indoor cats so we totally get each other we totally vibe like I'm basically an indoor cat like I'm I mean I don't mind it in reality my life doesn't look that much different it's just that now I don't go to work in person in an office anymore and also yeah. now you have to deal with the heightened ableism of everyone around you not wearing a mask right that too right so and um but I've been like just you know doing like little like beauty things and um trying out new shampoos and uh, like face masks like not like a COVID mask but like a cream mask yeah yeah and um you know just trying to um I've also gotten to know myself a lot better, a lot, lot better in these last two or three years or however long it's been. Um, and I've, I've found, and I don't know if you've found this as well, Andrew, but being in quarantine and especially for those of us who are staying home and maybe been staying home even before the pandemic, we've been able to deeply process and reflect on our lives and different things that we've gone through. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes us stronger people. So I actually feel like, I'm, I'm prepared. I know what to do. I know what's going on. I have my coping skills. I have my hobbies that I can enjoy from my home. I, I kind of think of it as like a menu of self-care based on how I'm doing that day. So is it just laying in bed and cuddling with the cat? Is it, um, you know, moving to, to the couch and watching TV? <laughs> is it like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure you can relate. Like, what yeah, yeah. Is it like, am I going to watch some Netflix or is it going to be Amazon Prime? Or am I gonna, like, <laughs> what am I going to do um, to amuse myself? But I think, you know, what you're talking about, about like um, knowing yourself, I've been really connecting with grief and what disability grief looks like and being able to talk about it more because yeah. of the pandemic. I've also realized during this pandemic that like relationships are weird and yes. people change. And somebody that you thought was your friend yesterday couldn't be your friend today. And so learning to be like, okay with yourself and enjoy your own company, which has been really hard for me as a disabled person, because I always want to be with somebody because I feel like if I'm alone, I've somehow failed. But learning to be alone and happy with that, this pandemic has really 
taught me that that's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, as my cat just knocked over books. Um, it's it's always a bit chaotic over here, but I totally resonate with that, Andrew. And like being um learning to enjoy our own company and feeling comfortable. And I laugh, like I cackle maniacally all by myself in my oh, house. Oh yeah, me too. All the time. All the time. <laughs> like I'm by myself in my house laughing like a crazy person just because I'm like I'm alone and no it doesn't matter. Exactly. And like, I love, um, like, I love um, the bathtub in particular. Like, I can laugh for hours in the <laughs> bathtub and like, I'll set up like Netflix. Um, well, when it used to work with my like old iPad, it doesn't work anymore, but like, I'll like watch a show and then I'll just like be cackling or even just cracking up about nothing, having conversations with myself, like yeah. practicing what I would have said and what I would have, you know, to that person. And it's just, um, it, I think it's all about what you make it in terms of how can I cope with this? I'm in this extremely shitty situation because for me, again, I've been fortunate to be able to stay home, to work from home. So when I am in my house, that's, I see that as actually a blessing. So it's like, I'm safe in my house. I can't get COVID. Um, I, no one's going to hurt me. No one's going to say anything. Like I can do what I want whenever I want. Um, And so making the best of that situation, uh, but also connecting with other disabled folks. Cause I, um, I don't know if you went to this too, Andrew, but um, the Crip Camp documentary came out in, I don't remember if it was 2019 or 2020, but they had the summer like virtual experience. Oh yeah, was, I saw that. That was so much fun. Did you catch any of the sessions? I didn't go to any of the sessions, but I knew people who went and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. But so like, and I, I was really upset that I didn't go the one that Obama was on. I was like, uh, I know why did no one tell me because I would have jumped on that same that was the one I missed too because sometimes you know like being disabled it's like someday you got to miss a day you can't yeah. do everything and even like a, a zoom even logging into a zoom webinar is just too much you can't do it so listen day. President Obama if you're listening uh can you do a redo of that yes, we both, Crystal and I both want to talk to you can we can we do, can we do that please um we definitely do but no I, I agree with you I think that kind of just taking it for what it is is important and I'm really glad for you that you found joy in this pandemic given all the shitty stuff that you have to go through and it was like it's been a it's been just even just a joy to chat with you about kind of to sit within a room with another disabled person even virtually and just talk about the fuck upness of what we're going through yeah it's so necessary and so that's why I think this series is so valuable because I love talking to people about how hard it is Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to keep talking about it. And I, I just, I can't thank you enough for the work that you do, Andrew. Yours, I've been listening to your podcast since I became sick. I just, you know, put disability into the podcast search. Yours popped up. I've been listening to it ever since. Amazing. I love, like, I wanted to wear the, um, the disabled people are hot tank top, but I'm actually like really cold today. So oh I'm no, like... stay warm, stay warm. <laughs> but I just, I love, um, the, the messages. I love the work that you do, the guests that you have on your show, the way you speak so open about disability on so many different topics. Um, and like, it has helped me feel so much less lonely, uh, both before oh. and after the pandemic. So I, it is like truly an honor and something I will always remember. This is like, I told you, this is my first time being on a podcast, but to be able to talk with you, um, I don't want to make myself cry, but I just feel very emotional because, um, I, I feel the love. I feel what you're putting out. And um, it is so, so appreciated more than you know. Oh, well, thank you. First of all, that makes me want to cry. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And like, thank you for 
being so candid and vulnerable and like thank you for waiting two fucking years to do this and not <laughs> being mad that it took forever to do it. like thank you for being like don't worry we'll get it done when it gets done like yeah, likewise so glad we did it and I'm so glad people are hearing it now and like I just wish you I, I want us to stay in touch because I really enjoyed this like Absolutely. it was really nice yes so I want to share like my uh, mine and my friends like show ideas and I want to share like dark humor things that I think about and I definitely want to stay in touch with you Andrew because um, you've been a lifeline to me and the guests on your show as well during the pandemic so thank you oh that's so great well I hope that everybody listening to this will see you as a lifeline. I'm sure they will. The stuff that we've talked about today is so necessary. And, you know, I'm bringing quarantine and show back. So if anybody's listening who like wants to come on and do an episode, I put them out whenever somebody wants to. And, and Crystal was like, I wanted, Crystal's been waiting for two years to do this. (laughs) So tonight I was like, I don't care if I feel like shit, we're doing it. Let's, let's go. So like, I'm so glad that it happened and thank you so much for being so candid about your uh, COVID experience and for telling it like it is and telling the truth. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Have a good night. I hope you uh, get some relief soon. It was was so, so great to talk to you. Um, Can the people follow you anywhere? Can they support you? How do they do that? I am actually, I joke about, you know, the website like LinkedIn, I'm actually quite linked out Um, (laughs) being, unfortunately, uh, being a therapist and navigating like having chronic illness, I'm still figuring it out about disclosure and like public presence. So unfortunately, not at this time, but I will say, just know that you are not alone, like literally, I'm just speaking to, you know, anyone who's listening, like you are not alone, even if you are um, in your room by yourself, there are people thinking of you, sending you love, um, the disabled community. The best part about being disabled is fellow disabled people. I mean, we're pretty fucking awesome. You know, I mean, and so I would say, and I love all the disabled people, but I'm going to say this sometimes the best, best and worst parts of disability are other disabled people. <laughs> okay, well, that's true too, right? But I would say, like, um, you know, for me, it really helped to make friends with, uh, with um, folks in the local uh, like lupus support group um, to talk with folks who have arthritis, like to really try to connect with others. The technology is so amazing um, to be able to connect around the world. I mean, and- as much as we loathe Zoom, also thank God yeah. for it. Exactly. Like, as much as I'm like, I fucking hate it. I'm also like, thank goodness it's there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would just say if folks want to feel connected, I guess just, you know, listen to my words, listen to my voice, know that I'm thinking of you, know that I'm sending you love, um, know that in those moments where uh, you feel alone, I probably feel alone too. And so we're alone together. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that we can be alone together, but you're not alone. I promise you. And if anybody wants to send Crystal any like well wishes or wants to send any like questions or ideas to her um email me at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and i will send them on to her uh but crystal this is so fun thank you for being on quarantine and chill and uh, we'll talk to you soon yes thank you so much andrew thank you bye bye this was such an important conversation we had with crystal and i really hope you enjoyed that and i really hope you listened to her when she begged people to listen to disabled people and she told us to give a damn by wearing a mask and we listen to the disabled people saying how this pandemic is affecting us and I think these interviews three years on are still so so important so because I think they're so so important and we're we're still being not heard loud enough I would love to invite you the listener of this podcast 
to join me on a Quarantine and Chill episode. If you want to be a part of a Quarantine and Chill, please email disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Disabilityafterdarkpod. Let me try again. I said that way too fast. Disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com using the subject line Quarantine and Chill because I want to hear your story and I want to hear why why the pandemic and how the pandemic is still affecting you mentally, emotionally, physically, via, via disability so that disabled people's voices are heard throughout this process still because as all these mask mandates get lifted and as all these vaccine passports stop being used we are being ignored and pushed to the side again and i don't think that's fair so i want to hear from you and i want to revive quarantine and chill and bring more episodes like this out because it's such an important conversation that we're not having enough of so consider joining me for an upcoming episode of quarantine and chill thanks everybody i hope you enjoyed this one and We'll be back in your ear holes for for our regular Saturday episodes and possibly a bonus episode this week of a bumpin' podcast, so get ready for that. Um, but thank you for listening, and thank you for being a supporter of the show. If you like what you heard today, please consider leaving Disability After Dark a review wherever you podcast, wherever you do your podcasting. Leave us a review. I know that... Spotify can do that now, so consider leaving one there. Um, if you want to support the Patreon, no pressure, but it helps me out a lot. Patreon.com slash DisabilityAfterDark, and you'll get the main Saturday show one day early and a weird shout-out from me, so I'd appreciate that if you're able to. Uh, but thank you for listening to this special episode, and we'll be back soon. Okay, bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, Please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022.